welcome to the seventh edition of the Mad Axman Lockdown Podcast, in which the usual gang reconvene for their usual rambling discussion. This week we talk about colours of horses, airbrushing instead of painting properly, gnomes in combat, whether Austrians are just dirty or whether they um, actually have grey uniforms, whether samurai armies can ever be finished, if you're as rich as Croatius, why would you choose a Lydian army, and of course Andy's quiz comes back. This time for the first time with a sort of very strange Terry Rogan crossover vibe to it. Enjoy the podcast this week. with yet another week i think this is week seven of the lockdown podcast we've got all seven little windows here up on screen or actually no six i'm, I'm double counting myself that's obviously gone wrong that could have um spooked somebody unless we've got somebody zoom hacked us in, yep. um which is always possible. again again but <laughs> i guess they'd be somewhat disappointed really um, yeah. <laughs> nothing too exciting going on here um so yeah we've got the regular gang together where we've almost got a structure this week which is not bad after probably about nine hours of wittering on we've we've got a theory um and we're going to stick to the usual format which seems to be working people do seem to be listening to us again and we're going to go around the windows and i'm going to start this time with simon what's been on your painting table this week tell us all about it i've been extremely slack lazy irresponsible all i've managed to do is uh, Uh, base base code my my 50 million what about painting (laughs) Yeah, thank you for the thank you from the peanut gallery. Um, (laughs) No, so I haven't actually managed to complete anything this week. So I've just got the base colours on the chariots, and that's it. Oh wow! Okay, so it's just been. Did you manage to do that outside, or was that like a hand painted undercoat thing? Um, All hand, all hand painted. So um, just getting the base reds and blues and blacks on onto them. I've managed to get the on the, the two generals, they've got these nice big uh, umbrellas. So I've had fun trying to do some um, uh, Cantonese symbols or um, you know, various other things on the, on the top of the umbrella. So they look quite good. Actually, you're and now admitting you've done more than just undercoating. You've done some, um, you've done some hand-drawn stuff. Yeah. Okay. But, but they're not uh, based, assembled, or finished. So I failed what I was trying to achieve for this week. All right. So, well, you know, I think that's that probably takes us to something maybe we'll do in another few weeks is about undercoating and, and painting techniques. But mm. you, so you're undercoating in some in a range of different primary colours. Yeah. So I usually um, undercoat um, base white. I use like um, the Army Painter uh, spray paint, the matte white paint, I think it is. And then I just build up the colours from there. Some people would do this black idea. It never works for me. So I just go for white and then I use the army painter, the dip stuff to um, get into the cracks and all that. And that meets my, I can paint to the three foot rule. Okay. All right. So, so a fairly quiet week for you then. So if I go around then in, in terms of world of excitement, um, Mr. Dave, tell us about what you and the painting bunker um, and world of samurai, what's, what's interrupted your, machine-like process to chew through thousands of samurai. Sean, it's, it's dull, 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 and the samurai continues nonsense. The cavalry are finished, five bases of cavalry. 
Have you, have you done them all kind of mixed up or are there definite lancers and definite bowmen there or how, how have you differentiated the, the, you know, the good ones from the average ones? What I've done is, so I've got one base which are in red. Ta-da, yep. And they are, so they're, they're um, Yamaguchi somebody or other and he's got his correct bat, um, back manners. on it. And like, so they, there was a red, red regiments they were called later. So that, that's one base. Then there's a yellow base with yellow back banners. So you've got Manu fans, you've got Leeds fans. Yeah, and then I've got two which are kind of mixed up. So I think I can, I can, what I can do is I can have a general for one base if I need it. And I can have a couple of elites, which are easily recognisable, and a couple of non-elites, if that's the way I want to go. So there's options to use them in either way. Yeah, and that's one of the trickiest things, though, isn't it? Trying to work out when you're painting a limited number how you you, you give yourself the options for um, elites and ordinaries and mediums and, and all that nonsense. Simon, you're shaking your head. Does that mean you just paint like a shed load of them? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because the, sometimes you want to have a 200-point army. Sometimes you want to have a you know 300-point and say, oh, bugger, I'll just buy them all. Just buy them all. Sometimes you want to fog our army. Yeah, because yes. it's nice to be able to, to, to upscale when you need to, because it's all about your elasticity and all that. Or the rules for it. Samurai elasticity then. Okay. <laughs> all right, that's it. So has, has it just been, just been Samurai? How, what have you actually, what's, what's the scores on the doors for this week then, Dave? So uh, three cavalry, undercoated two, lots of bowmen, another couple so, of generals, pretty lazy. How, how many actual figures of samurai are you going to be painting? So I've going to have eight bases of samurai. No, 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 that's bases. How many figures? Uh, eight, six. Uh, they're, all on, they're all six to a base. So there's going to be, oh, I'll tell you, hold on. There's going to be three. He's going to take his shoes off to count that high. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to be truly horrific, horrified. There's 21 bases of infantry times six, so 60. Wow, 120. <laughs> He nearly have an hour. <laughs> wow, 120 that, that, samurai. No, that that's just the infantry. That's just yeah, the I infantry. I think you missed that bit. That's just the but, infantry. But, so how many cavalry as well? Uh, what about the five, 15 cavalry, that's all I need. 15 what, 15 bases Sorry. of cavalry. 15 <laughs> cavalry. 15 five bases of three. <laughs> Actually, do you, do you have um joking apart, do you have the light horse? No, that. I'm bothered. Because I think I might have some spare. I got persuaded to buy some from... Um, from Dave, oh. Dave, do, do, are you doing the monks as well? Uh, the monks are in the box. They're still to be done. They're ah, not included so, in the so, 128. My excuse for slowing down is I, I, I ordered some more back banners from uh, Fighting 15s because they're selling them off cheap. That's my excuse. Uh -huh. and the monk on the turtle? Uh, they sold out. <laughs> Master Ekuso by GCT. I looked at him a week ago, and then in the time that I, I was looking, he sold out. I when do want some of that. Maybe that was the um, the pump we gave him. That uh, <laughs> yeah. Indeed, there's, there's oh, no deal or not. For you. <laughs> alternative for you, take a look at Bad Squiddo Games because they've got. A dog in samurai armor. Okay, okay, okay. I think is that, is that, a, is that a realistic female dog? 
Um, or is it just a dog? No idea what gender the dog is. Right, okay. Yeah, I guess There's the also armor a hard... cat. Okay. I've yeah, got those. I've seen them before, actually. You've so got have I. <laughs> okay. So the armor hides a lot of things then, um, certainly in samurai dogs. Okay. Anyway, so, but then this morning I spent about 40 minutes on the phone with Richard Case discussing mm-hmm. Syrian armies and quite what you need in terms of everything, uh, you know, having all the options. So I'm creating a shopping list of uh, Assyrians for, I think, Essex, but... People who are allies with four chariots. No, I think it's be eight chariots, maybe ten chariots. Excellent. All right, you're going you, you've meet. been shopping with Simon again. <laughs> I'll have one of everything. Simon's dead. I've been shopping with you two before. You know, it's like, gone. yeah, I've gone for one pack and come back with ten. I just think that we're supporting our local industries and looking after all the small traders in our, uh, in our no, hobby. No, no, I, I look at it as though, you know how you have the little angel and the little devil on the shoulder? It's like, There's... I go with the, uh, you two, I'm leaning off to the right and go, you know, you want more. You know, <laughs> you know that bag of, of miniatures is only going to get lonely. They need another one. And, and that's hey, the, Simon, and... let's not introduce him to Mr. Tuffley. Oh, no, that could be a very bad thing. <laughs> Here, John. Here's the credit card. Just, you know, we'll go from there. After this <laughs> subject, we said we weren't going to spend an hour on painting discussion. No, no, fine. So, you're, so you've, you've planned <laughs> your next purchase for your next set of painting then? Well, so what... I've still got a box of um, Sean's secondhand Ottomans, which uh, that, that's, that's really my next project. Okay, so you've not painted them last week and you've still not started them this week. It's no, still... no, 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 no. Could no, you even no. guess kind of when the samurai is going to, going to peter out? Is that um i think another another week another two weeks of samurai and they'll be finished okay all right so so then we'll be we'll be having the ottoman discussion about whether you paint them in uniform or not really yeah yeah and whether i mean it's it, I've, I've spent a long time trying to find figures which i like for the anisaries and i've i think the kurasanian one's the best i've seen yeah you've got there then okay good and what what's the beer of today uh same as always the heffenstefaner the heffenstefaner okay good all right. Well, Peter, you, um, I think before we, we did the kind of the green room chat, you were, you were threatening to wave some Austrians at us. I have Austrians. You have, have Austrians? Nearly 72 of them. Seven, wow. And that's AB figures. So that's, yeah. that's basically a small house in terms of value, is it? Or? Yeah, well, yes. You know, it's like, uh, it's either this or a BMW, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Lots and lots of AB figures, and I'm actually been motoring through them. I, I enjoyed the nice, relaxing weather and just sat out in the garden, just carried on painting. And it's oddly therapeutic. You were saying about the elite figures and everything else. So, with these Napoleonics, I'm finding like different cuffs are different elites and everything else. So, the problem is with the Austrians that you've got to then double them up because in the rule set that they go large units after a certain period. So you have to paint X amount extra. So either I've got eight normal units or six large units, but then you have to do the optional extras. A large unit is six bases and a normal unit is four, I think. Is that roughly? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But then you can't paint them as in just large bases because you've got to do the variations for the formations and stuff. Did you find, you know, did you look at those kind of uniforms and cuff colours? Did you actually have a book or, or was it just an internet Google search? And 
Oh, I actually went to Austria and oh. went into the military museum and I've actually got pictures of the Austrian uniform that was worn at the time from the guys that was actually there. So well, that's me woefully uh, inadequate with my story about my French it, next week then, isn't it? That's you <laughs> see, I, I just thought I'd go one step beyond um, and really totally and utterly geek out. And we called it an anniversary trip. But, you know, I got to see great museums in both Hungary and Austria. So hence I'm doing the Austria-Hungarian army. And your wife went to the jewellery uh, store. Yeah. <laughs> could be. So um, could you, you know, if you saw the actual original uniforms in... Um, in the museum, could you tell from those what what particular one of the army painter washes they used to get the effect on the uniforms? <laughs> um, well, funnily enough, uh, yes, um, <laughs> it was the. Um, that's why I'm actually uh, sad as it is. Um, I'm now going over the cross uh, bracing thing again with a little bit extra white because basically they blankoed up the white straps, so the rest of the uniform looked a bit sort of like well, you know bit cut care worn and everything else but they'd blank up yeah. the leather straps uh, the actual strapping so that actually stood out a little bit more when you actually see on the pictures and see in the museum that's that's exactly what i did with um with my 10 mil french as well and and i'm looking back at them now thinking can i even tell the difference <laughs> but is it is it really <laughs> visible or was your was your ink wash strong enough to um well on the other ones which are downstairs um they um the the ink wash i tried out the uh, the two different ones after a conversation last week. So I tried the acrylic one okay. on the Carassios. And um, the vote from the house, because I can't get anybody else's view, because well, you're not allowed around here at the moment, um, is that they actually prefer the stuff from the tin as opposed to the acrylic. The acrylic doesn't have the same depth. Um, it's very much a lighter sort of view across it. But, you know, going back to Simon's three football, the um, the tin one with the glossiness it protects it a little bit more but gives it that little bit of uh, extra umph uh, just yeah. to make things stand out. That's an interesting thought because I guess the tinned one is actually quite a viscous sort of thick. Even if you're using it as a wash or a dip, you know, well not a dip because I don't think anyone uses it as actually a dip. But but if you're brushing it on, it is still quite a thick layer. So yeah. maybe the yeah. um, the pigment and, settles and within within the clear varnish whereas on the um the ones out of the little dropper it is ink and it's straight onto the figure isn't it yeah it is and the the problem is i i tried the whole watering it down and moving it across and uh by the time i finished it just looked as though i'd just painted with some dodgy white sort of thing as opposed to actually having any depth to it so i'm going back to the tin i'm going to use that um i'll uh, what i'm very careful of is i paint over it and then make sure there's nothing collecting too much in uh certain stupid places as you do when you're carrying a shield and stuff like that and collects around the bottom of the shield and stuff um so i'm trying to be more careful on that but basically what i'm going to do is uh take some of the ideas that you guys have seen about sprucing up the bases and put more emphasis on that next um, because I've seen with these AB figures, because they're so large, it actually will actually hold having those tufts on and things like that. So more than the normal 15 mil stuff would. But they'd kind of get disappear into the undergrowth. 
if you do too yeah. much. Yeah, you know, otherwise it looks like pygmies coming out of the jungle. Otherwise. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, good. So has it just been pure Austrians this week or is there anything else? Are you going to do a motorcycle cyclist? Um, it, the motorcyclist is looking awfully drab off at the side, looking very sad and very uh, sort of like pale and un just, just sort of around loved. in his undercoat. Yeah, just not feeling the love. Okay. It's just the Austrians on the production line. I feel like I ought to be working in Hong Kong or something at the moment. Right, you're in a machine. Okay. This means war. Oh, well, Tanzin, then, what, what's your what's your weekly process on the um, the the hundred no not the hundred years war the wars of the roses army because it was cavalry were on the decks yeah, this time weren't started, they for the last time i've got started i've got all, all the horses painted now like so i'd originally bought i think it was one pack for perry light cavalry two packs of the mounted men-at-arms and so all 30 made up all 36 horses and all 36 are painted okay wow and going to be start hopefully starting on the riders tomorrow so i'll probably start with the northern border or so for medium cavalry light cavalry and then move on then do the, do the other so the heavy cavalry the knights and then sort of some mounted figures as commanders so what's what's your horse technique you know once you've assembled them you know, how do you build up the colours? Because there's a million different ways to do horses. Airbrushing. That's airbrushing. Ah, okay. All right, I did that. I tried it out. So I haven't, I haven't really painted 28 millimetre horses before. Usually 15s. So probably done over a thousand 15 millimetre cavalry, but... <laughs> yeah. I think we're probably no all samurai yet, then. <laughs> yeah. No samurai yet, then. Yeah. So, Black Prime, actually, for the two different groups of horses, I think... Half of them no barding, half of them with barding. I did different bits, so it was using airbrush, both, both using airbrush, but for the unarmoured ones, I was going from sort of base colour and highlighting up from that using airbrush. But then found sort of the great, it was far too subtle, the, the, the gradation of colour was a bit too subtle. How, how do you find using airbrushes? It always fascinates me as something that should be really fun and interesting to use, but I can't be fussed with all the cleaning of it. Cleaning doesn't take that long normally. If you're, using, if you're using the right pressure and have the paint sort of thin properly, it takes a couple of minutes at the end. Even easier if you outsource it to your children. <laughs> yeah, I have children to outsource it to. I tried. Oh, I was thinking for Pete, it's like, minions? Yeah, yeah that could I, be it. I, 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 uh, I, I, I tried several times. Uh, the second batch, I decided to try something different and did the xenophil sort of undershading. So, so over black primer going in for grey at a slight angle, uh, increasing angles up to up to white to catch the highest bits. And then using really having the base colour I want, final base colour I wanted thinned down quite quite heavily. Airbrushed that on as a glaze over the black and white, and that came out much better. Ah, okay. So so black undercoat and then. What in my world with a, without an airbrush would be kind of white dry brushing to pick up the highlights, yeah. but then you can actually do a, a very thin wash type diluted paint through an airbrush yeah. that kind of works like a, a contrast paint almost to pick out those those high, well, well yeah a glaze or a wash to pick out the, yeah. the highlighty stuff that's complicated. So, so what what do you do? So like my sons used to ride horses 
locally, so I used to base the horses on them. And it's odd with the coats, they sort of pick out certain flecks and everything else. So is that what you do with the, um, the airbrush? Sort of like get that sort of like almost like freckled look? Uh, the only way you could do that is to use seriously thick paint and too low a pressure. So, so it <laughs> splatters it. Splatters a bit. <laughs> But I, what, what I mean is that they're almost like they have that gradient, but it's almost like coming in a spatula. It'd be now impossible to paint it in a paint. Yeah, I, absolutely it's psychotic. Difficult. It's very difficult to I, to actually get the true effect I, like that. You'd have to do that sort of brush painting. I sort of almost stippling, hmm. stipple techniques to get the sort of the that sort of effect. Yeah, I think that's how I've ended up doing most of my grey horses recently. Is kind of do a dark because I, you know, I haven't got an airbrush and they're only 15 mil or 10 mil, but I've done them in sort of a dark gray and then done a kind of stipply dry brush with very pale gray and then even a bit of white over the top of it. And you do still get a bit of depth to it. But um, the other thing I, I discovered with my 10 mils recently was, which I suppose I should have been doing for years, is that thing that horses are darker the lower down the legs they go. Um, it depends. Well, yeah. mine, mine most are now. Most horses that, that you that would for the periods we're talking about, Europe, Middle East, immortal bays, so they do have sort of further east you go, so sort of China, Mongolia, and so on. More it will be duns, but when you've got sort of saddles and other stuff on, on top, you can't really tell the difference between them, and they will have a dark. So you'll have the brown coat, but the muzzle will be the tips of the ears tails and the lower legs yeah. will be sort of very dark brown to black mm. plus it also since found out it depends on who and where they're buying it from and their preference yeah um so like the austrians uh different regiments had buying regimes so uh the cuirassiers will have brown ones hussars didn't care as long as they went fast um you know and, and different ones like that which i've only found out recently but then you've got the um the different types of horses. There was, um, um, I found a great um, paint one. It was actually from um, one of the horse catalog things. And it was saying about all the different colors, about how it blends certain horses that have certain hair colors and things like that. All get very that's technical and scared guy. me. Yeah. That's I mean, the Vexilia blog's got all the horse colors. Yeah. Okay, it's, Martin's it's, got that as well. Um, it, quick question gets for you. Kind of um, yeah. So, Tamsin, with your airbrush, do you have a compressor or do you use the compressor. cans of compressor? That's what I thought. I cans, you don't have, a, have enough control mm. over the air pressure. And maybe, that's um, maybe that's the thing after the Dremel. Once, um, once I can just get used to the Dremel staring at me and not being <laughs> used, I can then start adding an airbrush that can stare at me and be very rarely used as well, yeah. <laughs> potentially. For a lot of people, I tell you, if you're in flats, an airbrush mm. is, is handy for priming. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not priming as... and varnishing. Ah, uh, because you don't get the propellant. It's actually air. It doesn't stink as much, is it? Or um... yeah. and also better control. Uh, I've compressed air doesn't smell. I the, Varnish the, well. I, the, can, the cans are compressed air. It's just compressed air. There's yeah, no, I guess it is. No yeah. actual propellant in there. Okay. I used, to, I used to use a compressor. Uh... and you've got no control over it. I used to use an airbrush in Australia because it was um, quite handy. You could get nice, quite nice control, like with the um, a decent nozzle and all that. You could almost start drawing a line on just on your hand. So 
if you, cause I used to wow. do pay 25 mil tanks back then you could actually start doing your own um, camo painting and all that. And just, uh, um, yeah, I've done, I've painted the German ambush, stuff, German ambush pattern camo on 15 mil. Hmm. Wow. Well, that, that, that was the reason why I was looking at a compressor the first time. And then by the time I was thinking about getting one, I'd already actually painted it. Right. <laughs> it was only for three tanks. Okay. Yeah, it was right. like going, oh, well. Yeah. So you've just been going back to the world of horses and, and you expect to start doing what, riders next week? Yeah. Okay. And nothing snuck into the queue this week? You've stayed with your nothing discipline and focus? Nothing snuck into the queue, but uh, as I'm almost out of the basing gunk I've been using. So and if I can't get... Uh, so I need to go to Poundland to get some more. Right. Okay. Right. So you're going to have to leave the house. Pound and do for 300 mil tubes of acrylic frame sealant. Sorry, acrylic. What? Acrylic frame sealant. Acrylic frame sealant. Wow. So now you're getting technical. So acrylic cork. So like you use put around window frames. Look, this this same as modelling paste. This is, start, this is starting to sound like we need a whole separate discussion maybe next week on basing techniques, I think, really. And, um, so maybe we'll, we'll add that to the list yeah. of, of things to do and bring, bring back that. Yeah, but if I can't get a hold of some more of that, I've got enough to do a few bases for cavalry, but might not have enough to do for a whole lot. So, so it so might be a couple of weeks before they're done. So it might be an interruption. Or maybe not. Okay. Well, Andy, tell us, tell, no, you, you finished Vikings last week. I think I've even seen some pictures of them online somewhere. Yeah, I, I plonked a picture of them on uh, Facebook. So I'm now on to uh, Saxon Huskarls, and this is what they basically look like. Some of them have got what I would describe as noddy hats. If you look at the strange shape of them. Okay. That's very good. We can't see that, but, um, but I'm oh. sure they're good. Um, <laughs> I think you've obviously not worked out where the camera is on your iPad. Um, um, Look, just just put it right in front of your nostrils as if we were looking up them. That's where they are. No, um, <laughs> that's the angle we've got there. No, okay, got it. Yeah, I see the noddy hats. Yeah, that's it. Fine, we're all good. I'm doing two dozen of them at the moment, uh, trying to make them different colours. Is that the War and Empire pack of 24 yeah. then? Fine. That's right, yeah. And then after that, I've got um, three lots of feared to paint, two, one armoured and two unarmoured. So this army's creeping towards being being finished then. Yeah, well, I've I've actually I'm feeling quite pleased with myself because I actually finished an army. Um, I've only actually ever finished two ADLG armies in my life, one being the Normans and the other being the Vikings. Well, Golf club for Andy. That's two proper Whee! proper things. To um, you're you're ready to invade Britain in 1066 twice then. With that, well, yeah. that's being used. We're doing a campaign. We'll do the campaign. Well, look, we'll we'll talk about that in a minute then. Um, yeah. Look, my um, my week. Um, I don't know if you've seen the post on um, on the blog, but um, in fact, I wonder if I can screen share just to um, <coughs> yeah to talk to talk you guys through it. But um, so yeah, I had possibly the world's most eclectic week of painting, um, as I just had stacks and stacks of bits on on the side of my painting desk that were just kind of cluttering the place up, and. I just really this week I was like, look, I haven't got any anything major to do. Let's just clear this stuff out of the way. So, so in no particular order, I'd, I'd got 
two bases of Numidian light cavalry that are really kind of meh. Um, I think they're Bowieder ones because I got um, some different manufacturers to to make up a Numidian army for 15 mil for Arts of the Guerre that was really bought because um, <laughs> kind of ridiculous really. At BritCon last year, I wanted to buy something from um, I wanted to buy something from um, oh, yeah, Forged in Battle. Um, yep. That was it. So the only thing I could see that I didn't really have already was some Numidian infantry. So I bought a couple of packs of their Numidian infantry to create a Numidian light, light medium javelin army and then picked up a few light horse as well. So I've, I've just got far too many. I think I've used it once. So, it's not I was going to say, have you actually used it? I played against Gordon with it and um, I worked out that there was clearly a better way to do the list than the way I'd done it. <laughs> What you mean? About, you use a different about army? halfway through the game, yeah, possibly, possibly. But I think it it needs you to go full on with the the solid Roman infantry and not try and do so much clever stuff as I was trying with the Numidians. So then, then I had a few casualties for sort of seventeenth century Fogar armies, which I think come with a blue moon set, and and I just bashed them up. They got some pretty lurid colours. You on them. you like using casualties for markers and that, don't you? I, I think it's so much better than just using little little markers i've got some shields i'm tempted each time i go on ebay and see you know packs of shields that people are selling i'm almost tempted to get those but, but i've got so many different casualty markers now i'm starting to get to the point at which i've got unique casualty markers for some of the armies particularly the biblical ones where the um the assyrians and the mycenaeans have got really distinctive shields so i've got casualty markers for them um so, so I, you could almost have like a, a zombie alg army of Casualty yeah, well, you know, or, or, people. <laughs> exactly. I think that's going back to Dave Dave Allen's famous painting of when um, there's a there's a mythical central London folk story of must have been the Derby Worlds kind of thirty years ago, and I think Dave just well either didn't get an army finished or couldn't be asked, and I think he used Estonians or something or Prussians in in the snow, and he got figures on the first rank. And then the next three ranks of bases, he just put little black spots to say that it was the footprints of all the people <laughs> following behind. Shameful stuff, really. But um, pretty poor. Pretty I like poor. it. And um, so I found a couple of little tanks in this world of enormous numbers of tanks that I've got. Um, that I had no idea what they were. They basically looked like scorpions with massive heads. Um, not like scorpions, the, you know, the, um, the bug, but scorpion, the tank. And, I posted it on Twitter to say anybody got any clue what these are. And apparently it's a sort of experimental version of the French AMX 13 with an anti-aircraft turret that was used for about seven years in the 1960s. So I, I stuck a couple of those on bases and, and got them in my big one 300 scale, which meant I then found, um, a, well, not small, I guess it's probably about a 30 mil high comedy Japanese robot that I stuck on a base to go with um you know, Simon, we played how much? I think how many years ago? It was that um, Osprey set, wasn't it? Yeah, Horizons War. Horizons War, which um, was good. So I got some of these sort of anime um, Gundam kind of mini Gundam, Gundam. Yeah. And this is like a mini mini Gundam thing, but it's still pretty big compared to six mil. Um, I I had a this other three hundredth project. This is just such an eclectic mix. An F5. I think I think the Sadio desk is. It's clearer uh, now. Renamed as. Truly random. 
it was, it was <laughs> it's a lot tidier now all this stuff's now in boxes i had a an f5 freedom fighter that i did in iranian colors um, the next will... challenge is can you make an army out of it <laughs> i've got an iran i've got the iranians to go with it already um i had another base of 25 mil huns out of one of those packs of old glory stuff where you get about 15 of their cavalry um and the old glory 28 25 mil stuff is really good value they're really nicely animated but i just had three that would, that hadn't been finished i think i must have needed some for a competition sometime and then just so, never finished these three i, I think at the bottom of this blog we need a tracker about which one of these will make it to the gaming table first if at all yeah if at all no i think i think what you could do is you could make a feature out of this for this, for this uh, podcast tim what we have every week, you know the TV program, Ready, Steady, Cook. We do <laughs> Ready, Steady, Let's put some figures together and say, right, make an army out of this. Yeah, I think this would be beyond anybody, really. This yeah. would be Ready, Steady, Hurl, I think. <laughs> I, I, I think we'd have to start with manga and end with manga. Yeah, list. start with manga and end down. with manga. Yeah. But Tim, for, for, for a while, you and I had this competition of which of us could design the army with what do we what have we painted up recently this week, or what yeah. what did you randomly find in your cupboard that hasn't mm -hmm. seen light of day in the 20 in the last 20 years yep and um some of the armies that were coming out it's like why oh there's some all sorts of mad stuff isn't it then, then i finished off one of those chariots which is an essex one um because i had three of these chariots and all of the allies that you get with biblical armies seem to need four or something so I was just one short and all my other chariots don't look like this at all. So I, I bought an extra one. Um, I'd got some Perry's 28s that I'd bought a couple of odd sprues off eBay because it's so easy to. And, and I needed some sort of spearmen. Well, I don't need spearmen really. I don't need the troops at all. But I wanted some spearmen for my medieval armies because the figures I was using as spearmen clearly had halberds and that was not really working. So there's just some sort of random kit-bashed Perry stuff with arms from their Roman range to add spears to people who actually would be carrying crossbows and, and two-handed you know, pole arms and things. So um, if you don't look too closely, I've kind of filled in the arms and, and they've got slightly odd sort of uniforms, really. It's a real eclectic mix of people. Um, I had a really nice sort of Norman general who just needed finishing off basing. And then the real pay dirt was um, my collection of um, of twenty eight mil gnomes, garden Look gnomes. Look at them; they which are were brilliant, just fabulous. Um, living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. These these are the ones that came back from Cold Wars in February, just before lockdown. <laughs> that, that Hazelwood twisted my arm to buy, and um, I think last week we've got Napoleon gnome out there. But I I did the um, the Swiss one, which is the the proper gnome throwing a block of cheese um yeah. i did um kaiser gnome has he even his... got a peg on his nose no no he's just got a very big nose um he's a, that little figure relative he, to the size of him he's got a peg on his nose he's got a peg on his like nose the, he doesn't yeah. like the smell of the cheese that he's throwing oh sorry oh sorry no the um yeah. oh, the swiss one yeah, yeah. I yeah think, the yes. throwing the cheese yeah. oh my it's a peg isn't it i was brilliant i'm gonna have to go back and repaint that because i was thinking <laughs> it was like a metal nose guard oh, oh, like you did a metal peg. <laughs> now i'm looking at it in in this scale because this is you know, three times as big as the actual figure it's a peg isn't it yes oh that but, is just, that is brilliant oh i didn't even yeah. notice i, I, don't know I thought what i'm painting but i'm painting it anyway yeah. well, I, I, I thought it was kind of a you know a norman helmet because it looks a bit like a norman helmet apart from the fact it's bright red and it's on a garden no 
But, yeah, um, exactly. I did. And, and cone shaped. Well. It's a peg. It's a peg. You're absolutely right. I'll go do that. That makes it even better. So repainting needs to be done. The Kaiser uh, in the middle. That, that, that gnome is now called Peggy. That's Peggy the gnome. Peggy is <laughs> the Swiss gnome. Um, the Kaiser I, is throwing beer steins. And um, I did a sort of pseudo effect of making them look like they've got that enameled thing around them that the German mm. beer steins do, which I'm actually quite chuffed with. And, and he's yeah, got quite it does, nice. does actually look quite nice, though. It looks all right, actually. But, and when it's a smaller scale, it's not too bad. And then kind of weird Russian gnome as well with a, a big white beard. Yeah, that and one. a big sword and a big old sword so i've got a russian a german and a new swiss who needs his peg repainted um some pretty meh um generals for a greek army from captain games pick them up in there um, a nice um light artillery piece with um, yeah. which is okay from um from... i particularly like the shield to well, protect the ammo yeah the shield protects um the box there of um of ammo so when the guy lights the gun, there's there's a guy with a big shield who who stops that going into the powder keg um, in there. And then I've got these two bases of light horse, which are not quite finished. I need to do this chap's moustache that have been hanging around. And um, I think these might be foot sore, possibly, mm -hmm. um, or or artisan, maybe. No, maybe they're artisan. And I, I got them because they, they were nice They look like figures. artisan. Yeah, they're really nice figures, but the horses are proper little ponies. So yeah. I was thinking I could base them three and use them as more heavy medium cavalry, but the horses are so much tinier than the gripping beast they, ones. I've they got. look weird compared to uh, some of the others. So they, they're good mm. for light cavalry, but then you put them up against. Uh, I, I noticed it when I was doing the saga stuff that you put them up against it. It was like going, "Well, I've got a large dog and a horse." Yeah, it literally. Yeah, yeah. this is a song about a man, a boy, a large dog, and a horse. A man and a girl, a large boy, and a horse. So I've got I've got those which need finishing off, and I I realised after again looking at these photos, I suddenly thought I haven't glued the shields onto these, have I? So they're all kind of three of them have got kind of their arms out at really weird angles. So so they're actually on my desk at the moment with shields being glued to them. Um, as they're they're just balancing, throwing the javelin. That's all. Is they're just balancing very very weird. So. So it was like the the just the maddest, you know. Uh, okay, I think my eclectic, eclectic, eclectic. I think, I think my neighbours um, think I'm mad for spraying stuff in the garden. Anyway, I always hope they don't notice. But if they saw this complete dog's breakfast of stuff, but but I think once it's once it's done and I've finished some of these things off, I will have to make that difficult decision about what what's the next meaningful project, and and that I just need to have a think about. But I've got to try and get get the napoleonics up on um up on the website as well i've got all the pictures loaded and i'm writing the captions for that so i think that's my kind of week of website stuff really um to to kind of try and do this time around so um so it's been kind of busy um but with with some very very random stuff so should we suggest a random army that you've got to build up next if you can find an army that involves all of that stuff Good no, luck no. You, I say. For your Good next luck. project, random.org. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> random.org. We could do that. We'll come back to it. Yeah, maybe random.org is the answer. Right, so this week then, um, or over the course of the last week, Andy has been running a bit of a mini campaign um, with with some sort of Blucher-style board game involving his Vikings and Normans and 
and there's been complicated stuff with people all over Europe involved in well, or three people or possibly four um, involved in playing some of the games in your Anglo Viking Norman British invasion FA Cup semi-finals and, and ongoing. So, um, Andy, do you want to update us on on what's been going on in your campaign, how it's worked, what's how it's all played out, what the story's been so far? Yes, thank you. The basic idea is to generate games for me to play on my table, which are anything different from just pick two army lists, work out the army lists and roll terrain up. So what I thought was um, using the Blucher set of rules, which has got the Scharnhorst campaign system, which is six maps in a grid system, and you basically maneuver around on there and it leads to a battle. The essence of that campaign system is you have what they call columns, and I think it's either four or five in the Blucher rules, but translating that into AGLG, you get a 200-point army. Each core is a separate column, and you can have one dummy column, and they enter from different sides. And the way the battle works in Blucher is that there are terrain, there are villages and towns worth a number of points. And at the point of the battle, whoever, the, the winner of the campaign would be the person who's got the most victory points in terrain unless they break the enemy army. So usually the way the battles work, the person who's got less terrain conquered at the time needs to break the enemy army to win the campaign. So that creates the um, dynamic of the campaign. So I thought we'd try that for ADLG and uh, I've got two theatres of war although one of them hasn't started off yet because Simon and Peter haven't given me army lists yet but the northern theatre of war is it basically 1066 in England so the northern theatre is the Vikings commanded by Anaki and the northern earls an Anglo-Danish army commanded by Dave. Um, Anaki didn't get off to a very good start because he invaded the wrong map. <laughs> So, so, so any mistake to make? (laughs) (laughs) Any punishment for that, though? I noticed. Well, he was heading off to he was heading off for New York rather than York. An easy mistake to make. And um, anyway, Eric the Navigator was tipped overboard, and Anaki pitched up on the right map. And he and Dave are now fighting a battle on my table, where I basically take a picture at the end of each phase, um, send an email to them, and they then tell me what they want to do i do all the die rolling so far we've had one turn of battle it does take taken quite a while to set up and do the deployment and stuff but if we could have done it on facetime or zoom it might have been a lot quicker but just the timing didn't really work for that so there will be an there's an adlg battle going on between dave and anaki and then hopefully at some stage uh simon and peter will get to the stage of fighting a battle and then I think that'd be better because they're they're both good at computer stuff, so it, it might be it might actually resolve on. Oh no, no, someone's shaking their head. Maybe not. <laughs> Techie guys, good at computer stuff. No, no, no. We just fix the things. We don't actually use them. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I delegate to people to fix the things. Yeah. Well, if you, you could even meet up and play the game as long as you stay two meters away from each other. It doesn't bother me. Um, but the the idea would be at the end of the day. Um, there'll be two winners, and then there'll be a final battle for control of England. It's, it's, it's still very too early. So when um, when David and Yaki are giving you instructions, are they 
are they trying to give you instructions on on moving individual units or is it just i want to attack on the left or you know are they giving general level Trying direction to. for you or, or just from setup well fortunately we've only had one turn so pretty well most people are moving as groups at the moment so we haven't had the you know move this guy two feet to the left turn 90 degrees hop on your right foot and then attack this bloke in the flank yeah i suppose it's an interesting but you know but you could do it with it would be an interesting thing to say almost give general level instructions of like you know can you send off some of them are to try and outflank them and pin them frontally with the infantry or you know if the instructions were like that rather than game level instructions well, so actually actually write general orders then yeah almost sort of write so, general orders a bit more yeah. give you well, a bit I'm, more freedom well uh, there has been a little bit of that in that i've received some emails or you know texts with certain orders and i've implemented them as i've understood them and i think once or twice they may have not quite accorded with what the player had in mind but nothing major so far it's, it's basically like playing doubles but with them but you're you're the dodgy doubles partner for both the actual players exactly right i think the blue map is really good because it's uh, andy's given us you know a, you've got a b and c cores which correspond to your army so you i don't know blue because it's sort of grid and six um squares of it are the battlefields so you've actually can put your armies into a b and c so when they end, you know, if you get it right, but you, I mean, what I did was try and outflank Inyaki with my dummy command and make, give him a worry if something was coming around the back of him. So we had a little bit of campaign technology too, which was good. That was really good. And then also, on, to, on the blue card map, you actually get to see both sets of armies, but I didn't let the players do that. So I was just giving them uh, random reports as to what they think they saw in the adjoining square. Were there, were there puns involved? No, not really. Oh, really? Oh, well. <laughs> really? Surely, Andy, you are disappointing us. That must have been misinformation, Andy, not doing puns. Yeah. But what's, well, fun, not, what's, fun, what's fun is we've ended up with my Anglo-Saxons attacking Vikings across a river, which is like Stamford Bridge. That's enough. the real deal. Fantastic. Yeah, so funnily enough, and I am on a hiding to nothing because Inyaki's got a whole army of impetuous... And two-handed weapon guys, and I've got an army of spearmen. Ah. And you're going over the river, and I'm trying to cross a river to try and beat him. Oh, and he's got two fields in his deployment zone for his medium infantry to see. Oh, right. So um, it's going. I'm going down. So uh, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to. Dave, be yeah, Dave turns up at the OK Corral, goes to his holster and finds his penknife. Yeah. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, look, we'll have another. We'll have another update. See how the battles panned out, and then seeing if. Um, if Peter and Simon have been able to make the technology work to actually even get involved by um by sometime next week. This means war. This means war. Okay, so the next stage of this um this extremely long podcast um is is our weekly random number generated army list malarkey thing which this time we picked the lydians last week which is list number 65 a kind of slightly you know tail end of the biblical early end of the the classical classical greek and people around the asia minor kind of world um, list with some some quite interesting options in it so we've got all sorts of different um different lists from the six people so if i um if i start off by asking Peter um, to to describe 
the list that you've got here, um, which which if I'm looking at it, this number 65, the Lydians have got a command of three, um, plains and mountains is their terrain, the generic plains, the generic mountains, pretty much the same as everything. And, and Peter, I see you've managed to make all 200 points fill there. Um, and, and you've got competent, competent, ordinary. So you've not, not quite used all the command value in there, um, in there either. But talk us through this list with your, your, first, your first command. Well, I decided to have a bit of fun with it. I looked at the allies and everything else, and I thought it was a bit more of the same, and no doubt the other guys are going to prove me wrong. Um, but I thought I'd go for the heavy spearmen and really go in the block, and, but have that as almost a, uh, a bit of misdirection. The spearmen, when they get there, are going to finally do stuff. But effectively, what I've got are two, five, um, six shooters in two commands, and a third command that I'd use as a flanking unit. So depending on who I'm up against and how it's set up, the two commands I'd have going in, if I have the option, if I, I win the initiative, I'll defend in the mountains because I have got a shed load of light infantry. Um, so I can cause a lot of pain, a lot of hassle with the light javelins and the javelin men. And then in the gaps, I can have the heavy spearmen uh, with some heavy cavalry to exploit different things. So it, the whole idea of this is to, um, if I've got the opportunity to stuff them up and um, lock things down, I will. So if I end up on the plains, I'm going to select as much to reduce the amount of terrain as possible uh, to try and shepherd them into a thing. Um, and then have the threat of the flanking command coming in uh, with the uh, javelin men, light cavalry, and the light chariot with the commander included uh, to come around on the edge. So effectively, I'm going to harass them enough. Um, if it's going to be the situation where I'm um, then defending and uh, we're on a plane or some, something like that, I'm going to stall for time for the uh, flank command to come in off the side and try and cause havoc from that aspect. So it, it's one of those where I'm going to be either forcing them to commit through gaps in the mountains or forcing them to come forward and hit my heavy spear uh, by using the light javelin and the javelin men falling back, you know, slowly pepper potting and creating havoc. All right. Looking at this, I think um, it does look like you've got um, five, 10, 12 javelin men, and that looks like two more than you're allowed. But other yeah. than that, I think you're allowed eight javelin men in all. And, <laughs> and then two, uh, and two right, Thracians no. as well, aren't you? Um, yeah, which is. But you can make uh, two of the medium spear, and it almost works, doesn't it? Possibly. I thought I could. I thought I was right on the list. No, we think you're cheating. But um, but it's a great Again? theory. <laughs> Again, really? <laughs> but no, so yeah, you've got the theory two, was good. But yeah. you've got two identical commands of twelve, which is four spearmen, which is your anvil. Together that makes it eight wide. You've got two javelinmen in there, one of which has to be a medium spear, probably, we think, um, to give you the medium the rough terrain. The three light foot who all shoot, which is quite quite good. That's good in rough terrain. And no, you can do you. Uh, so you can do the javelin men, uh, two of those, and light javelin men. You can do up to eight, which is ten, and you've got twelve. But that's still easy maths. Um, but then you've got a little cavalry force, two, ca two cavalry, and um, yeah, you've got Damn. five in the first command fight. Yeah, then you've got two cavalry and a light javelin cavalry. So you've got a little cavalry force, solid infantry, and then a decent rough terrain force twice in those two commands of twelve. And then, a, yeah, say that kind of 
faint um, pretend it's not really dangerous, but it is command with with a light chariot, a couple of light cavalry, and a couple more javelinmen, or possibly the spearmen in, in the last one, just to mess around. That's uh, a... I'd, I'd flip out the javelinmen in the last one to um, a couple of light cavalry uh, javelinmen, because I could do that and uh, free up the points. Yeah, you free up another extra point. So and you might that... put into bowmen. I don't yeah. want bowmen. No, you want the light uh, tree to fight, don't you? Yeah, I, 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 I want. See, the, the idea of this. Light infantry bow or sling. No, I, I want the light, light infantry javelin to really mess with their light infantry, because yeah, yeah. No, most people turn up with a couple of bowmen and everything else, and all the light javelin are just going to swamp them. Um, so, I, you know, you're right on the numbers. Yeah. Uh, the javelin men on uh, number three, I just flip those to light cavalry javelin, and then you've got a, a true annoyance group of people who can come in either you have them on the board if it's totally wide open or if it's closed down you have them as that flanking group that can come in and they can just harass and you know for not many points uh, tie up a whole command or more just by you know creating havoc okay so this is you know so, so this is really an army built on mug the other people's skirmishes use the anvil and then have that little kind of you almost forget that it's their command and then it does you some, some danger while you're pinning yeah. in with the rest. Cute. Yeah. Okay. Have a bit of fun with it. That's, that's not, you know, it's unusual for, because it, the focus looks like it's on the spears, but it's not very cute. All right. Dave, I think I've got your list up next. If I am, um, if I flip that up onto screen, yeah, this I is your, this. your list here. My, my, oh, so that's, yeah, that's fine. That's good. So I've gone for the heavy arm, the heavy spearman armor. They're a good troop type, aren't they? They're tough as old yeah. boots in period. Exactly. And I think that that's... Well, talk talk that's us through the list, command by command. What's it do? What, what's in each well, list? I mean, the, the spear are just occupying space, going forward and being the attack troops. So this is your, this, your first command is an ordinary general who just plods along six heavy armoured... Sorry, spearmen with armour. Yeah. And, and a couple of javelinmen. Not, no skirmishes in that. Um, no, no light foot. I'm thinking I don't need any light foot screen because I'm armoured. Bang and crash on in there, hopefully not taking any damage. The two javelin men are there to probably sit behind the line. So if anybody does break and there's a space, they can just operate to occupy any breakthroughs. Okay. And then your next command, you've got three elite heavy cavalry. Yeah. Three light cavalry javelin, which is yeah. a big old number, two normal heavy cavalry, and another two of these javelin men, everybody's favourite troop type so far. Yeah, well, with the expense of not having bowmen, I'll, I'll take javelin men. So the two javelin men sit in between the command of the spear and the cavalry, but that's a big manoeuvrable cavalry's wing, and it's all capable of evading. But I, I mean, I, that's a brilliant general, so he's going to manoeuvre them around. I think three light cavalry javelin is good because that's going to overwhelm anybody else's light horse. Yep. Yeah, everybody and just does one or two, don't they? In period, this works similarly to um, Alexandrian methodology, which is this is going to overwhelm somebody's wing of cavalry. So, you know, that, that's the idea of it. Okay. Well, what about that last command? Do you want to talk us through that? Um... Well, that, that works very similarly to your... I, I'm, what I'm thinking is this works a little bit like your Galatian list where you've yeah. got your heavy attack with the cavalry command and the 
armored spear, but then you've got one. How we the dicking around command? Dicking around command, yeah. yeah. Around subject, command. yeah. So you've got two light cavalry, two javelinmen, and two light foot, and it it can revolve basically. You put something into. I mean, if you want to slow down, once I mean, you could actually deploy this third of the way into the table. Mm -hmm. And have it quite spread out. It's got a competent general, and it will slow down somebody's wing. It can go around the side. There's enough troops in there that it can actually attack someone's flank. You can occupy something to the front. That's yeah. It, it's a, it's what I call a dicking around command. And it, you know, I think you could actually slow down possibly half of an enemy's army there. Oh, I think that's I think that's probably reasonable. That's um, so that's that's sort of doing the same thing um, as. Yeah. As Peter's army, but in a in a legal legal list sort of form. No, um, uh, but, but this the spearmen are. You've gone for the heavy armored spearmen with six instead of eight of the normal ones, and you've, yeah, you've concentrated them. Peter, yeah, Peter has got twenty nine illegal in his list. Yeah. I mean, I did think you could make a, a legal list of twenty seven, but I thought twenty four is a big army. Twenty four. No, I, big, I could stop. make twenty nine, and you could, I'd yeah. actually save two points. You would. You would. You can, nope. you can get yours legal by just turning your light foot into bow. That's my yeah. But um, just turn two of them. That might work. Yeah. I think that's six heavy spear. I mean, in a in a period game, that's going to yep. be a pretty pump, pump. You know, that's. I think it's a good army. Okay. No, I I like that. It's it does sort of the same thing as Peter's, but it has it concentrates the cavalry and it concentrates the foot. And I think the armored foot are actually a bit more aggressive. You know, the the eight um, unarmored foot are a bit of a block but the the armored foot can beat stuff or should be looking to beat stuff so it's a slightly different different mix all right so so tamsin do you want to talk us through through your list uh, how that's been put together um yeah uh i was going for for three commands for different jobs so brilliant cnc with sort of an infantry large infantry infantry command so you got six heavy spear two javelinmen two medium thracian medium sword and two light infantry bow wow that's chunky yeah chunky it's a chunky block which is why i gave it brilliant brilliant so he's got the, the command initiatives for them so you've got heavy infantry block and mediums that can go on the flanks provide overlaps from winter terrain and you've got uh, heavy cavalry block, so ordinary commander with four heavy cavalry and two light cavalry jav. So uh, for pinning, pinning a wing, maybe go, getting onto a flank. <laughs> and then third command, ordinary commander again. And this is the mobile one to get around, maybe behind, go for the camp, whatever. So you've got two light chariots, Two Scythian light light cab bow. Two of the light ca cavalry javelin. You get light cab bow in this list, is that fine? Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you do. Okay. All right. Oh, I miss Scythians. Fine. Scythians or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scythians, and also two heavy cavalry. So that's a kind of yeah outflanking command um, with, yeah. with the anvil. I think that's a very textbook way to do it. I guess you need to get the terrain right, don't you, to to get a block of terrain that that you can stuff with all those medium foots. If the terrain gets scattered, you're they might not have a home, but but I suppose they're decent enough. There's, you know, if there's enough of them, it starts and, to get uh, wide. Either, either end of six, 
I six heavy spear. Yeah, true. Yeah, they're still going to be safe. Oh, reasonably safe you've, there. Got, you've got command range, but they can be off to off to one side. Yeah, they can be a bit of separation. So. Okay. All right. Fine. Interesting stuff. And we'll... this means war. Andy, talk us through your list. Right, yeah, so I start off with a heavy cavalry command, uh, four heavy elite cavalry. I've only got an ordinary commander because they're not going to be doing anything too clever. Um, then in the centre, I've got uh, heavy infantry command. I've not made the spearmen armoured. I've given them a couple of cavalry units to, you know, for support and blocking people to come around them. But essentially, I've got seven heavy spear and a medium spear and a bit of skirmishing. And then the third command is uh, the terrain, terrain mob. So I've gone for the two heavy sword, two medium swordsmen uh, for a bit of variety, uh, two javelin men and two medium spear and a bit of light infantry. So, Okay, that's a nice tidy medium terrain force. That, it looks a little bit light to me on the, the skirmishes in the central command. You've got I guess you've got seven spearmen, but only one javelin skirmisher to screen them. But then there's not too much shooting in this period. So perhaps that's not... No, it depends. Yeah. If, you're, if you're having a go at Persians or something like that, you could be in, in a bit of trouble there with, um, with only one screening like foot. Yeah. Would that be something you'd you know, think about? Or, or was that just a, you uh, know, adding the points in? Probably, yes. I mean, I'd probably just have to... Uh, I could give up on one spear and get two skirmishers for it. Possibly. Yeah, that might be a might be a step out. Okay. Simon, what was um what was your list? What was your construction? So my list, which is probably quite paltry compared to some of the evil designs that everyone else has done. So let me just share it out. Share. Um... That looks like a tercio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, he's on. Yeah. Okay. So what I've gone for is a, a bit more of a simplistic design of um, central command, heavy spear, but then a small punchy option of two two javelmen and two medium swordsmen just to get into a bit of terrain. That's very much like Tamsin's, isn't it? It's um, the the six spear flanked by by a decent you know decent rough terrain force. Yeah, because often you want to park your your heavy foot against a bit of a nice terrain or whatever. So dropping a couple of swordsmen and devilmen just to really annoy any bow who think they can be smart seems like it'd be a great idea. And then both the winged, winged commands are pretty much equal of a couple of the heavy chariot elites, a couple more of just, sorry, a couple of the heavy cavalry elites, then two more just normal heavy cavalry, and wow. then combinations of heavy light cavalry gentlemen or I wanted some of the light chariots just because I think they're cute figures and I wanted to have them in the yeah. army. <laughs> So, so that's why I put two in mine. Yeah. So you've got ten, ten infantry in the middle, six heavy, four mediums, and then on either flank you've got, so you've got six cavalry on one side plus two light horse, and four cavalry mm. on the other side plus two light horse. So that's that really is pin with the middle, and then overwhelm yeah. them. And um, you're you're kind of needing the terrain a bit there, but um, yeah, but but yeah, no, that's that's super simple, but it's it's kind of interesting out of period to. A few people have gone with that mob people with a big block of cavalry mm. in a period where there's just not much cavalry, yeah. and, um, and pin them in the middle. I think that's 
it does make it quite terrain dependent but yeah i think it is an army that you can use in that way i think um there's there's a debate about do you just go more spearmen or do you use armored because the armored is quite a lot of extra points isn't it and i think so simon tamsin andy but peter did you go for all, all four no. of you went for unarmored i think i i went for unarmored uh, they all went for armoured. I went to unarmoured. Yeah, because the armour adds an, adds an extra two points per element. Yeah. So it can you so know, be two I extra get, elements almost. I, yeah, I basically got extra spearmen. So I've got uh, eight spearmen. Mm. Um, so for mine, it's just that extra block on it. Yeah. No, I think that's it. No, so I think this, w- I think this was um, mine then, actually. Um, looking at this was was just trying to be so, overly so clever. Your, yours is the one with the odd heavy spin yeah, mine's the odd, out with the, the cavalry. Thing. So, so I think what I was trying to do was something very similar to that of have a solid, the central command, I went six armoured spearmen. You know, that I think, like Dave, you can actually fight and win with that. And then a couple of javelinmen with it to to support the flanks or possibly the anti-elephant troops or or pop through and fill gaps. But that's actually something quite quite aggressive and then I'd stuck three skirmishing light foot with it. I know the armor does take the um, take away a lot of the enemy shooting, but if you can intimidate other people's skirmishers, or you can operate with the javelinman in in difficult terrain with your light infantry javelin as well, it it, it bulks it up. And I think mine's probably the smallest army here at twenty three, but it's it's a bit more kind of get in their face and fight them with the armored spearmen. And then then I was trying to do you know a bit of that cavalry thing on both flanks so my my first command has got four heavy cavalry in it half elite um the textbook one light cavalry javelin and then i think I'd, i was trying to fit in two spearmen but the armor sort of tipped it the balance i've got you know this this is kind of a list that's not quite been finished working through but um but one spearman armor and a brilliant commander the theory being that in in this period having an armored heavy spearman if you can force them up there along with your cavalry, that that gives a real extra little island, which it makes it very difficult for anybody else's cavalry to to suddenly beat yours if you've got a heavy spearman armor in the mix. So I, I think ideally I would have wanted two, and, and with a bit more working it, you know, they're, they're expensive troops at ten points each, but but I might have been able to scrape it by by messing around with some of the other things. But but it was just get a little bastion island up there with with the heavy spearman armor and then the third general which was sort of competent another heavy cavalry three heavy cavalry and a light horse this time and then a couple of more thracian javelinmen to to you know i think that's sort of a dicky about command with punch possibly but i may you know in in the evolution of this list with a bit more time that may have become a bit more dicky about really it might have it might have dropped one of the heavy cavalry and given me two spearmen in the first one. But but if I'd added two spearmen in the first one, that would make that something that could join up with the spearmen in the middle and be eight wide or a block of two heavy spearmen on the flank with, with four cavalry is giving you a sort of six wide thing that can deal with, you know, it can even have a go at the elephants or it can deal with something else and, and really make your your cavalry different and, and better than just going into a cavalry lottery. I'm just theory. surprised no one took an ally. Well, but the ally's not really, not really kind of doing too much in this one. What's the ally add to your army? I don't think he adds much really. Asiatic Greeks, list sixty, classical Greek. 
Yeah. yeah, you could do a bit of variation on the um, some types of troops, but not Possibly. massively. No, I think it's much for muchness. Okay. Well, look, Simon, you're um you're king of IT. What do we? Oh, actually, should we look at? The, we can actually do this now. What do we do? Random. Um, is it random.org we're looking at? Yeah, yeah it, it makes me think when we're yeah. back actually playing, we'll have to actually have a, uh, a one day where we just have a single list and everyone's just got one list. Mm. As in, we just choose one army list and everyone chooses, uh, picks an army from that one list and then comes, comes fight with it. That yeah, I must admit, I put the list together. I thought it's actually an army I wouldn't mind using. It's, it's not what I'd looked at before, but I thought. Yeah, this is not this is yeah, quite it's not a decent army. No, I think Hubert's beaten me with it at, at campaign at one point, but I didn't I didn't dredge that one up. So, all right, we're on random.org. We're going to go for next week then, and we're going to press the button. And here we go. Press the again button, and the magic number is fifty-five. Quick click through. Fifty-five. That's a good, isn't it? Yeah. Carthage what is it? Can't argue with Carthaginians. 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 Proper Carthaginian. Uh, Fine. D Dave is drooling already. Next week, next week, folks, it's Hannibal. Time for Hannibal next week. Elefante. Elefante. Right, well, we're into the tail end of this. We've, we've gone on for quite some time. Um, lucky you all. And um, to wrap up, it is time for the legendary time, the legendary music for Andy's Quiz. Back again, back in the world of Deep House Techno. Um, Andy, it's over to you. This is your special section. And um, first of all, we want to know the answers from your, was it a best of British theme quiz? That's right, week? yes. Last Absolutely. Week. See, I do week. pay attention. Oh, nice that somebody does. Yeah. But the uh, questions last week were all about British generals. The first one was, of whom did his monarch say, mad is he? Then I hope he will bite some of my other generals. And I gave you the choice of Sir Walter Raleigh, Prince Rupert of the Rhine, or James Wolfe. So somebody have a go at that. Wolf. Wolfe's got yeah. a bite thing, isn't it? Yeah, we're going yeah. Wolfe. Right. That ties into your dog theme from the week before. Uh, quite by chance, yes. Right. Okay. The second question was, who said in a report, the village of Fuentes de Anoro, having been the field of battle, has not been much improved by the circumstance? And the answer was either Sir John Churchill, Duke of Marlborough, Duke of Wellington, or Field Marshal Montgomery. Oh, Wellington. Yep. Is it, yeah, I was going to say Wellington. I had a, had a nagging doubt it might be Marlborough. But... Well, I was hoping so. But I mean, if you know, if you're familiar with Napoleonics, you've probably heard of yeah, Fuentes. Yeah, yeah. He won yeah. there. And the third one is, which general, after capturing the province of Sindh, sent the war officer one word telegram saying, Pekavi, that's the Latin for, I have sinned. Was that Sir Harry Smith, Sir Henry Havelock, or Sir Charles Napier? Napier. Napier, I'm saying. Correct. Yeah, it was Napier. Excellent. All right. So, so that's this week's answers. Right. Now, this week's questions. This week's questions. 
Uh, right. Having been inspired by the sight of your Napoleon figure. Right. And also uh, bearing in mind uh, Colonel Tom Moore, who, as we all know, reached the age of 100 and raised 30 million quid to support the NHS by running around his, well, walking around his garden. Um, I thought I'd mash the two concepts together for this week's quiz. Now, Colonel Moore was once a contestant on the TV show Blankety Blank. Really? Yeah, they showed wow. a bit of it at that weekend, right? Why are we? Okay. And the real Napoleon was famous for a number of memorable quotes. So here's a mashup of these two ideas, which I've called known truths based on quotes by Napoleon. So all you have to do is fill in the blanks. Fill in the blanks. Right. So first one was in politics, blank is not a handicap. Politics, blank is not a handicap. Oh, wow. You could, you could go to town on that yeah, statement. Yeah, you could go to town on that one. Yeah, we could get into a lot of trouble with that <laughs> one. Yeah. Right. The second one is, blank is a sleeping giant. Let her sleep, for when she wakes, she will move the world. Third is, you don't reason with intellectuals, you blank them. <laughs> okay. That just doesn't mean you just blank them. That's not an internet sort of... No, thing, is it? no, no. no. Okay. That's, uh, when they start saying fake news, don't they? Yeah, it's not going to be unfriend or something like that, is it? It's going to be like, okay. Well, well thank you. It was quite a clever bloke, so you never know. You never know. All right. Well, thank you, Andy, and we will be back next week with the answers on that one. Well, we're getting to the end of an, an epic podcast here. Um, I think as we, you know, as, as time cracks on, we will just wrap up very, very swiftly by talking about what we are going to be painting and, and looking at and doing gaming wise or painting wise over what, um, what touch wood could be um, towards the tail end of, of lockdown. Um, there is, there's starting to be sniffs that this thing might be over but we may end up still carrying on doing these conversations. We never know. So um, Simon, you're, you're doing some screen sharing already to suggest um, 10 mil um, Napoleonics, I believe. What, what's your uh, thinking? What's, what are you going to try be avoiding buying this week? Yeah. It wasn't so much me. I, I thought if only we know someone who'd bought a Napoleonic army from Pendragon and may need some expansions. Yeah. Especially when he's having to paint dodgy stuff off <laughs> to the side and, yeah. you know, <laughs> No, Otherwise, I must admit, I, I, have, I have seen this. It's um, <laughs> and Dragon's Kickstarter for Peninsula War for, for British, Spanish, Portuguese and, and Brunswick. And I think they've already raised like something like five grand against this and hit all yeah. the targets straight away, which is fantastic. Um, I think my, my week this week is, <laughs> is going to be um, avoiding doing this, definitely. But I think the, the main thing I've got to do is, is get the photos of, of all the Napoleonic stuff I've done up online um it's not painting really but i want to i've got the table set up now to actually push them around and start to try and play a bit of battle empire so i, I do want to have a go at that and then i've just got a few more eclectic odds and sods to finish and then i've just got to decide what the next mini painting project is and i i don't think you're, it's going to be you're truly in denial aren't you you're truly in it's denial not, we know you're going to be logging on to there yeah Pendragon as soon as just dribbling finishes, a bit just dribbling I'm a buying bit. some more i know but i think um i you know I, i'm going to do a kind of 
you know, couple of units or a few bags sort of style project. I'm not going to wade into one of the, the three, four armies I've got at the moment. Um, not to buy, you know, I might, I might end up buying them. I can see that, but, um, but I've got some stuff which needs painting, which isn't armies. And having just finished all these Napoleonics and all the Assyrians, which, um, which I got on online over the last few weeks and, and tidied up this eclectic stuff, I think a few units, it might be 15 mil Swiss, might be 15 mil um, ancient Germans, possibly. I've got some blue moon figures for both, which will be, be quite nice. But I think that's probably on the list for, for me. Um, so, Simon, other than teasing me with um, trying, to, <laughs> trying to flirt at me with, with offers of buying stuff from Pendragon, what's your, what, what have you got on the list this week? Are you going to be back to, to more painting after done your undercoating this week? Yeah, so the aim is to finish the, um, the chariots and get, them, uh, get the Chinese out of the way. And then it's to start looking probably at the Seven Years' War figures that um, arrived late last week and are sitting in a box going, paint me, paint me. Yeah. So so Seven Years' War, what, is there a base colour that you're going to do that? Uh, yeah, I'm going to base coat them white because I'm going to um, paint them up in a combination of either Austrians for my existing Austrian army or I'm going to paint some Swedish ones because they're, they're not going to have um, Swedish heavy metal banners running around. Okay, seven years war for you. So, Dave, you're um, well. I think you've already told us it, it's samurai, and then you might get started with Os- with um, Ottomans if you're if you can't well, quite get there. Whilst we've been sat here tonight doing this podcast, I think I've just about completed two bases of samurai bowmen, so they should be finished off in the morning. So, yeah, the Ottomans are probably. Uh, I mean, I'm waiting for the back banners from Fighting Fifteens. So they should come up. But then um, I've been rooting around. I've still got some camels Ooh. from uh, very nice camels from Forged in Battle, which I bought in, the, in their Kickstarter. So I've still got a stack of them. What range are they from? Are they Bedouin they're or Forged in Battle? So they're Arabs from their um, it's the dark, very nice. dark Ages ones. They're, they're one piece castings of bowmen. So. so- so it's just kind of generic Araby yeah. um, camels to go so with. I've got some Palmyran camel guards. Uh, to pad out your Palmyran. Um, you've got the, the cataphract camels, is that? No, no, no. They're, they're um, camel caravan guards. Caravan guards. So they're basically sort of, yeah, they've got like masks on the things. But then, so well, once these camels were painted, I'll have eight bases. So eight bases of camel bow. Four camel light bow, and um, eight bases of spear. So impetuous camels. So it gives you any co- any combination of uh, oh, all those mad camel armies. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's They're like, a lot of fun it, doing the mad camel armies. Getting some of those. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting the Oman States Army together, or right. one of the African armies. We'll, we'll have to just pray that its number comes up and then we can all give you um, some yeah, cobble together list for it. Okay. How the hell we do that? Yeah, indeed. And then Tamsin, you, you, you've, got to, you've got riders for your, um, your horses then? Yeah, I've got riders today, so 36 of them and I've got four foot, four foot command figures as well. So I'll probably get those painted... Then whether I'm able to finish the base thing, get the base done, depends on whether I'm able to get any more frame sealant. Yep. But so after that, I think I might move on to painting the Judge Dread miniatures. 
Okay, that'll be an interesting thing. That'll be quite different. Small limited run. All right, so we by this time next week, we could be talking about um, You Are The Law. That could be it. <laughs> okay. And then, um, Peter, is it just still the Austrian factory forever? Um, the, it's the Austrian factory for now. Um, but uh, hopefully, well, basically by the weekend, it's going to be the basing factory. I've got best part of an Austrian army to base. So it's going to be sit outside, try and just work away through it. Because I find it best when I'm doing basing just to do it as a massive production line. Because the stuff's bound to go everywhere anyway. And just doing a couple of bases at a time is just a pain. Because I find I'm, I spend more, most of the time cleaning up afterwards. So I'm just going to end up probably the weekend basing it all. And then if I have some time after doing all that, because it is a long weekend next weekend, yeah, um, day, bank holiday, yes. Yeah, I, I might do something radically different, like a couple of goblins or something just totally different that's not Napoleonic. No, yeah. Not even gnomes, you know, something no, no just gnomes. totally different. That does remind me, my most important project this week is to repaint a gnome's nose and <laughs> repaint a metal no, nose clip. Nose clip and put a, put a proper peg on it. Right, yeah, that's my big project. Right, so Andy, um, finish us up. Tell us, tell us what you're painting this week and, and what's on the list. Well, it's finish the husk cows and then start with the um, uh, third. Unless I get too bored with that, but that's basically. Let's <laughs> just tough it out, and, and you're yeah, actually playing a game as well. You're the one playing a game. Good. Well, I'm sort of umpiring, watching, Umpire, umpiring, playing, and watching all at the same time. Good. Absolutely. Look, you know, yeah. Thank you, folks. That's another epic um, that we've, we've got through. I will get this one out as soon as we can. Um, and we'll have something probably for the long weekend over that. And then we will reconvene here on, on Monday next week for our recording session and, and get this online. And I think we're now pretty much at all of these podcasts. have got well over 100 people having downloaded it and listened to them so far, which um, we're starting to bizarrely. Some of them appear to be coming back from week to week, which is it's miraculous as well so thank you for listening and and hopefully we're keeping you entertained while you're painting while you're queuing for food while you're sat inside while you're going for a walk while you're grouting the bathroom all those exciting things that, that we're or while you're you. painting figures or while you're painting figures as well so on that bombshell we will um we'll leave you all so stay safe out there enjoy ve day weekend and um, we'll catch up with you next week goodbye bye bye bye, bye. bye. the end and thank you for listening all the way to the end of that podcast there's one of these things coming out every week you can find them on podbean you can also search for them on itunes or you can download them from the madaxman.com website where you'll also see some of the pictures of um, some of the eclectic things which have been painted this week and also you'll find the list which we discussed in the wiki in the adlg section of the madaxman website now, for those of you who managed to last this long and listen all the way to the end credits, we've got a special bonus extra few minutes of content for you in which Andy attempts to describe the list I'd put together for the Lydians 
and assuming that it's his and so desperately tries to remember why he put together a list he can't even remember putting together this was a bit of an error when we were reading it out um it makes a lot more sense if you um if you understand that it was basically my fault rather than andy's so a few extra minutes content and um, we'll see you next week on the podcast this means war got um your your first commander's got a brilliant commander in chief and this is this is two ordinary heavy cavalry two elite heavy cavalry the textbook one light cavalry so you've got a four plus one and then you've got a single armored spearman in there which is a an unusual uh, way not, of doing things so don't, i don't think it was intended to be in there it's obviously a mistake i think right <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah there's no sure. theory there's no theory on that one then it doesn't quite work Theory is I got the list wrong. Oh, um, right. What was he supposed to be? Was he supposed to be another cavalry? Probably. I can't remember now. But <laughs> okay. All right. So you were um, a cavalry my... command. So that was supposed to be a cavalry command then? Yeah, that's right. It's a, a sort of hammer, really. Pretty textbook. Um, yeah. Then ordinary um, uh, heavy spear command, infantry command. Now, I thought what I thought with that one was the... Um, Here's a question for you. So, sorry to interrupt, but how can heavy cavalry in this period be a hammer? Because they don't have impact, and most of the stuff they're going up against is heavy spear. Well, the idea is to go around the heavy spear. You know, no, the just idea go around is, it. The idea is to hopefully, hopefully beat up an, an, an enemy cavalry command and then threaten someone's flank or their camp. Yeah, okay. I think that's quite, it's quite a solid, you know, elite heavy cavalry in period are pretty good when people have just got mediums or ordinary cavalry, possibly. As long as you can avoid Go the... forward and pin with the heavy cavalry some spearmen to the front. Whatever you've got can slip down the side. Even if you get the light cavalry around the back, they charged in the back and you charge from the front, it's going to make a difference. Yeah, it's, I mean, gonna... it's much better to charge them with a battle troop rather than a light troop because then you can cause a disruption on them. And then you've got essentially the same command as your number three command. You've got three heavy cavalry and the, the number three command, you've got the light cavalry. But instead of the, the spearmen who shouldn't be there, you've got a couple of oh, javelinmen. Something's gone, something's gone seriously wrong with the descriptions here because what it should be, and you know, you'll have to scrap, yeah. chuck this list out because it's clearly wrong, is um, there should be one command of essentially medium troops, terrain troops, and there should be uh, one of heavy infantry and one of cavalry. Right. So... Okay, so you've, you've gone for the, the commands that do a job, really. One takes terrain, one sits in the open, one runs around a flank. Yeah, That's what the there should, yeah, what there should be in the heavy infantry command is one medium spear. The idea of that being that it can act as overlaps and run around the back of people and be more manoeuvrable than the heavy spear. Yeah, to, to pick up the overlaps. Okay, yeah. all right. Fine. I think I tried to give them the authentic descriptions as in the... Um, Ah, okay, and then it's, it's thrown up different troop types. Fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This means war. Yeah.